0: TalkZone.com
1: And we do welcome you to two guys and a mic on thetalkzone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Beautiful, beautiful Thursday here in the fine city of Chicago. That's where our show emanates out of via the Internet. Of course, we are blasting out to uh, seven different continents. It's hard to believe, but we can be heard in each of the very continents and also parts of Mississippi and South Dakota as well. The Big Dog and the coach will be with you right up until 11 o'clock. We do it each and every Monday through Friday, 10 up until 11. On the uh, phone line today, we have the Big Dog checking in via his remote and beautiful Aurora, Illinois. Big Dog, it's time to start number crunching. It's time to start getting into it. I know you've been down in the three-point stance this morning and probably – Give it some forearm shivers to the breakfast table, or maybe your roommates. But the Super Bowl, my friend, is almost upon us. How are you, dog?
2: Uh, doing fantastic, coach. Yeah, it's uh, it's Super Bowl week, so realizing that on, on Sunday, I'm probably going to intake about eighteen thousand calories, maybe twenty four thousand. <laughs> so been eating healthy all week. You know, eating sardines for breakfast. You know, every single day. You mm-hmm. know, doing the right coach.
1: Yeah, but see... um,
2: it's nothing but training this week, getting ready for this particular Sunday.
1: Yeah, but I do hope you're not falling into a popular trap that many inexperienced eaters slash drinkers fall into. And that is the thought processes of, I'm not going to eat much during the week so that I can completely pig out during the Super Bowl, as you know, Big Dog, without getting too scientific here. The stomach expands. I would argue that the folks this week in preparation for Sunday's Food Fest, you need to eat. Now, maybe eat a little healthy, but you need food. You need to get that stomach expanding so that you can get that fourth bowl of chili down. Am I right?
3: Oh,
2: absolutely, Coach. You know, you know I wasn't talking about cutting back on how much food I was eating, but I am eating a little <laughs> bit healthier this week. And uh, yeah, I eat so much food. It's kind of amazing how much food is actually eaten in this particular house. But uh-huh. yeah, on, on Super Bowl Sunday, we do get a little bit crazy because everybody here has a specialty. And we make enough for everybody else. I mean, there are six people, so there's way too much food
1: here. Very, very nice.
2: Yes, it's good. The leftovers we're going to have will feed Ethiopia.
1: There is a slight possibility if you keep up the food talk, I might make an appearance at your spatial abode maybe about half time. So save some food for me just in case.
2: Uh come on out, coach. Uh, they'll be definitely definitely try the brownies, coach, but if you eat more than one, <laughs> you might need a ride home.
1: I was gonna say if I try the brownies and the game's actually exciting in the fourth quarter, will I have any uh, recurrence of what actually happened?
2: Oh, well, I guarantee you this, you're gonna find the com- uh, commercials extremely amusing. <laughs> it's the best me to tell
1: you. <laughs> uh, I can see it now. overtime, the coin flipping and I'll be looking for a forty pound bag of Oreo cookies.
2: Oh, no, don't even say that. Don't even say overtime, please please not
1: overtime what's do wrong mean, with I overtime just,
2: I, I just I, just the way the nfl's overtime rules are set up the idea of yeah. this particular super bowl coming down to overtime in a coin flip it would it would really be bad well you're right
1: you're right about that but i i mean i would love to see a close game I would love to see that, so you're right. It would be disappointing if there's a coin flip, one team gets the ball, marches down the field, or maybe they don't march down the field, maybe like New Orleans, they get uh, a 10-yard pass, a bad referee's call, and then kick a 48-yard field goal, game over, Super Bowl over, thanks for coming, everybody. Uh, it was heads this time.
2: Yeah, you get a pass interference call that gave them uh, yep. 18 yards on second and 11, yep. and the guy never touched the other guy. Exactly. Uh, I mean that was horrible, and then next you know one team's in the Super Bowl and the
1: other one. Isn't. Yeah, I, I wish you were with me uh, in the past couple of weeks. It's died off a little bit now. It's you know it's been there, done that. But post that play, the, the, the day or a couple days after, I was arguing about that call, terrible call by the ref. The announcers underplayed it. Basically, that was the game that sent uh the team to the Super Bowl, that sent the New Orleans Saints to the Super Bowl, and, and, and a lot of people were telling, Ah, now the refs had to call it. You know, it was close enough. The it was guy. A lot that him. I agree. The guy tripped over his
2: own feet. They called a pass interference penalty. Unbelievable. So, well, Dave Thomas comes through in the clutch. That was the guy who did it, coach. And he's just one of those guys you never know about, but he always making big plays. So, mm-hmm.
1: by the way, the Another guy that one, kicked the
2: tripping, he helped get his team to the Super Bowl.
1: Well, you know, he's there. You know, hey, God bless him. He deserves it. But uh, one guy they were talking about during the New Orleans game, and Troy Aikman, I think, kept pointing out how the veteran kicker on the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you know, had kicked like, you know, what, 565 field goal attempts or something? Who, who was the Vikings field goal kicker? I forget. Oh, it's Garrett Hartley. Yeah. No, 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 no. The Vikings. Oh, oh, uh, Ryan Longwell. Yeah. Uh, you sure? Yeah, it's Ryan okay. Longbow coach. And then the New Orleans field goal kicker, you know, has hardly kicked any field goals in his career. It's a big advantage for Minnesota. Garrett Hartley on that field goal kick. That was one of the hardest kicked balls I have ever seen him, and that could have been, Joel, a 70-yard field goal. Did you see it? More importantly, did you listen to that kick?
2: Well, I, I, you've talked about this a lot, Coach. You've really been raving about this kick for the last two weeks. <laughs>
1: well, it's only the second time I brought it up, actually. So,
2: but uh, uh, Peyton did tell him, Sean Peyton, coach of the coach of the state, excellent, excellent football coach Yes, uh, from Eastern Illinois, mind you. He uh, he told him, just the only advice I have for you is
1: kick it as hard as you possibly can, uh-huh. is what he told him. That's not always the best advice, by the way.
2: Well, it, whatever it worked that time, so uh, I thought that was it was pretty good. Yeah, he so had, it, maybe yeah. in some way that was a good advice for him at that point. You know, so. well,
1: it certainly turned out good, but uh, he absolutely pounded that ball, so he could be a factor in the game. But uh, you mentioned the coach Sean Payton, a couple of things as we break down the Super Bowl a little bit here, talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic, if you are checking us out uh, via webcast you notice in my nice white and red coaching shirt today looking good got a big coaching matchup today but also the big dog of course uh checking in uh, via the phone lines in beautiful aurora illinois dog one of these days you are going to have to come in studio so our webcasting fans can see the beautiful face that the big dog truly um has been born with
2: well i guess it, it all depends on like who's coming out here it's a, a hassle for me to get there it's a two-hour uh track for me to get there yes but uh like when we have the lovable uh girls in, I mean the, the four of those girls when they come in studio, I'm definitely gonna be there that day, coach. All right.
1: So what you're telling our producer David Olson and his pundits and uh numerous amount of interns is if you want the big dog to appear in the studio, basically get a female guest in studio with
2: yeah, yeah and clad in tights and extremely Take revealing outfits. Take it easy. Well that's what yeah. they're gonna be wearing, coach. Huh? That's what they'll be wearing.
1: Well, I understand that, but I, I'm trying not to paint you as a completely sexist individual. You've got well, an no, I'm, image well, to uphold. Don't have to
2: I, paint me that way. I, you know, it's, well, I usually <laughs> play that role. But I'm just saying that's. I mean, I am going to be it for that particular event. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not because of that. It, you know, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. going on. Coach. So, you know, I'm not totally
3: sexist.
1: And we mentioned yesterday. If people want to see what Joel looks like, you can go to our fan page. We encourage you to check it out. All kinds of neat stuff on there, and uh you can check that out at two guys dot com. The big Rather friendly looking mug of a Joel Redwanski's right on there for you. So you want to check him out. You can do that. Better yet, call us up. Uh, any sports comments you got, you want to jump off the sports page, 888-463-6748. We're breaking down the Super Bowl a little bit. We got college hoops on the docket today. Big dog. We're going to jump off the sports page. All kinds of things to get to. And, uh, they only give us 56 minutes. So it's, you know, it's pretty tough to do, but what do you got on your uh, little notepad today via the Super Bowl, dog? What, uh, what topics you want to uh, get into?
2: Yeah, oh, I'm done with the Super Bowl coaches. Let's just wait for the game. I can't wait for kickoff. So You're done with we've, it. We've broken down the uh, the the game enough, so I, I don't need to do any more <laughs> than I'm just really excited to see it.
1: 72 hours until game time, and the big dog is done talking about it. Wait till the game. I do remind you, by the way, you are a sports talk host. By the way, well,
2: uh, we can talk about other sports. You know that happen. There's, uh, well, I guess if everybody is it. Is it that the only thing going on in the world right now is uh, is the Super Bowl? Because there's some interesting stuff going on in the world that doesn't always have to be the Super
1: Bowl. Well, yeah, there are, and you can jump off the sports page. How about uh, my guy Colin Powell? Did you see what he came out with?
2: No, I did not, Coach. Colin was, Powell, uh, re- reverse team, it. Yes, sir. What
1: happened? Reverse. You do need to run the, read the front page once in a while, dog. Get out of the sports page. I know you're a. Big reader of the obituaries. Anybody wants to know who died yesterday, in alphabetical order, Joel will be able to tell you. Long time obituary guy.
2: Because then, then you, that's really easy to to find, you know, widows. Yes. Uh, dating widows is always a good thing.
1: You are a sick man. You know that. <laughs> if you're looking at the obituary page to fill in your social calendar, man, you you already pretty low on my uh, rung on the ladder. You just dropped a couple of rungs.
4: Oh,
2: sorry, coach. Wow. But you know, you're so, real- you read know, Sometimes people need to be consoled.
1: <laughs> All right, go ahead. Oh man, I was going to say, you know, if you read the obituaries, actually, in a kind of backhanded sort of way, it can be somewhat inspirational. You know, you read about people's lives, what they did, what they accomplished, and it can—I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm kind of heading down a, a wandered path here by myself, but it can—it um, can serve as inspiration, I think, to you. Uh, it does to me, anyways. When I read them, to uh, do better things with my life. Well, you
2: know what? Well, have you ever thought about like writing your own? Like if you died right now write for victory. Yes. Like, would that be inspirational for you? Or would that be motivation?
1: I would imagine, or, you know, I've heard many people suggest that. I know there's been some classroom oh, assignments. Oh, really?
2: that, that that's a common uh suggestion? Yes. I haven't heard that one. Oh, no. I that, guess I'm not old enough really. That's I, been the, oh, yeah.
1: that's been <laughs> thrown out before. I think it would be very therapeutic. I have never done it. But it makes perfect sense. I I would I can't guarantee it, but but it makes perfect sense you write your own obituary and i think uh there would be a catharsis of, of some extent yeah i'm not uh, saying it would change your life but i think it would be valuable to uh 96.5 percent of us
2: how would yours go? go something like you know trendsetter uh the first white man with an afro in the 70s <laughs> kept it cool <laughs> Yeah, you know, i mean i mean you know uh, not a non-conformist definitely coach Whatever anybody else agrees with, some you have to disagree with, it, which is a beautiful thing about you. Yeah. I do, I do like that.
1: Don't forget it. Would uh, you know? For eight years, had the number one uh, sports talk show on a non-English speaking station in Chicago. That would have to be included. I
2: would, you know what? And I would. I, I break that on mine all the time. To be quite honest with you, I actually because I was with you during those years. I, I, mm-hmm. I have a T-shirt that says that. Mm-hmm. The only problem is the only people that actually know the T-shirt can't actually read English. So
1: <laughs>
2: that is an issue.
1: Oh, goodness. All right. But you do need to read the front page once. So, At any rate, Colin Powell has rescinded. Has rescinded. Big dog he doesn't want to talk Superboy or 888-463-6748. Call him up. Straighten him out. Some people are excited about the game. But at any rate, uh our good friend Colin Powell has rescinded his earlier statements when he was back in office about uh, don't ask, don't tell in the military. He now says, you know what, the time hath come. For gays to openly serve in the military, Colin Powell, nicely done. 17 years too late, but nicely done, in my opinion.
2: Wow. So, well, I don't think it should be court martial or anything like that. So, now this opens up a whole new can of worms, Coach.
3: You Why know, is that?
2: You know, for some reason, that don't ask, don't tell was, in some weird way, I think one of Bill Clinton's greatest uh, things he ever did in office.
3: You the think it was. Place,
2: you know what? We don't care what you do, just act right, is basically what that means. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I don't know what, what's going to happen now to policies if they're going to, which I have no problem with it. You know, I really can care less what you do. But now, what does policy mean? Like, can you date somebody that you're going to combat with? You know what I mean? How is stuff like that going to work out, coach?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't know the details of it. I'm not sure I want to know the details of it. But I would say in this particular issue, don't overthink it too much. If people want to serve in the military and protect our fine country and put their own lives on the line, their sexual hey, man, orientation that to that me, big to dog, doesn't make be- much difference. They're willing to go out there and fight for the country. God bless them. Yes, Amen. I, I, I'm not, I'm not ripping anybody. in. Yeah, let them
2: do what, what you want to do. But, yeah. But uh, you know, like there isn't a policy like, like, a, what do you call it? A woman and man can date if they want to because they're not going to stop it. Isn't is like the church, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, but. Uh, I just wonder what's going to happen now, like what, because they're they're going to have to figure something out. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's already happened. But.
1: Well, if two men are quote unquote dating, that's fine. Just keep uh whatever physical attractiveness, you know, to a personal level. Very similar. It's no different than a guy and a girl. You can do what you want, but you do it after hours. I'm not sure, you know, how the whole military structure worked, but that's fine. Just keep your personal relationship away from the job at hand shall we say and again that applies whether it's guy girl guy guy or girl girl it really doesn't matter to me
2: well you know what i still think, i still don't think there's going to be anybody openly gay in the military uh i will be i think there'll be an openly gay athlete before there'll be an openly gay person of the military mm-hmm. even though there's like a thousand times more soldiers under our professional
1: hat. Yeah, you bring is, up a great
2: point. A stigma. It'd be awful difficult, awfully, awfully difficult to be a soldier and openly gay in the military,
1: coach. Well, I think we say that now. I think if if the policy changes, there'll be a uh, little bit of a bumpy road. But I, I would also be willing to bet what you say is true now, Joel. But ten years later, we could be doing the show and looking back and how stupid, how stupid were we ten years ago when that was like a big deal? So you know what I'm saying? You might be right in the immediate, but I think once people get used to it, so to speak, it won't be a big deal. We'll look back and, like, what was the big deal all about? What were were the people in the early 2000s, you know, so concerned about? You know, very similar to, you know, obviously things we look back on now, like, you know, women voting. I think it will get to.
2: You know, right now we're worried about, like, we doubt anybody will ever be open again. You know, who knows, in 25 years the, the problem might be, uh, whether you want to send a guy to that part of the uh, of the world to fight because the camouflage cl- you know clashes better with the you know with the jungle than it does with the, with the uh, desert. You know uh, who knows? We might be able to come that far one day where they would actually consider it. stuff like stop that.
1: Stop it. You're gonna get phone calls for that. Anybody right. wants to uh anybody wants to take issue with my good friend the dog here, eight 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 four six three sixty seven 48, clashing with the camouflage. All right. Uh, whatever. You're, you're setting the generations back about 20 years here. Big Dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock talking sports and more. You brought up an interesting transition, and it's not necessarily topical right now. But um, are you amazed, Big Dog, that there's not, at this day and age, not more openly gay athletes in the world of sports?
2: The you know, there's never been one, ever. There's, there's like a, a couple guys. And they were, like, lesser-known people that came out after they got done playing. Like, the guy that was the defensive lineman for the Minnesota Vikings who came out, like, five years after he retired from football. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anybody else that has ever come out as uh and, by the way, I'm talking about American major sports, male. Right. Because we've had – you know, there's been women who've come out, yes. you know uh, – softball players and mm-hmm. you know men figure skaters you know stuff like that i'm just talking about like uh, like the testosterone driven nhl nfl major league baseball mm-hmm. uh, nba nobody has ever ever been openly gay and only one person's ever come out of it
1: but that. don't you find that uh, you know i didn't think about it that much until we were talking the gays and the military issue you brought up the sport i find that as long as the uh, gay liberation has been out there really you know, and it started. It sounds almost trite to call it now, but it was the gay liberation movement. When did it start? In the, in the late 70s, maybe, early 80s, I, mid you know, 80s.
2: Coach, I, I'm really not sure about that. To be honest, that of doesn't it. matter. It's
1: been around for a while. I am it was, amazed. Billy was was
2: really Crystal played that guy on soap is that when it started? Yeah, there you go. That's a good call. Because uh, because I know that was like the first that's, gay character in the history of television.
1: That's a very good call. Forgot about that. That's correct. What was his name on the show? Uh,
2: I don't know. I do know that show was hilarious. Hilarious. Yes.
3: Jody yeah, so
1: Dallas. Jody, thank you. Nicely done. David Olson, major, major TV buff. His knowledge of TV trivia, Joel, almost matching your uh sports trivia knowledge, which is...
2: Maybe we should get him on like a Nickelodeon show or <laughs> something like that.
1: <laughs> Possibly, but uh, I, I'm amazed that uh, there has not been... I won't even say more. Like you said, there hasn't been any. Professional athletes in a, in a baseball, basketball, football, or hockey that have come out and continue to play and have been, uh, even when you say openly gay, they don't have to be like drastically gay, just admitting that they're gay. I find that as long as the gay liberation movement has been out there, uh, so long, I find it amazing that still no athletes have spoken out.
2: And I would say that there probably are a lower percentage of people who play football or basketball or baseball or hockey that are gay. Maybe just a slightly lower percentage than typical regular profession. Like, I guarantee less people, percentage-wise of people that are NFL players as opposed to interior decorators, you know, mm-hmm. are gay. Right. Okay, let's just be honest with that. But still, the chance that there's, there's 10,000 professional athletes in America right no. now and none of them, <laughs> so...
1: Well, no, we we know, we know there are. Where the, clearly, we know that there are. It's just amazing that uh, more than a few have not come out and uh, you know professed it, and then continued to go on with their athletic career. We need someone to do that, maybe to uh, set the trend.
3: Well,
2: see that's but even in the military, I I, I are there I doubt it'll even happen there, coach. There's just some places where it's just.
1: Well, and again, when you say, I mean, I'm not expecting an athlete to come out and start wearing, you know, pink dresses all over the football field. I would like to hear oh. an athlete say, and not even make a big deal about it. You know what? Say, I yes, you know, of, I, 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 another, I am gay. You know. I have a relationship with somebody else. All right, now let's go out and play football or let's go out and play bad. So I'm hoping it's not like some flamboyant, you know, uh, person coming out making a big deal of it, but just matter of factly stating it and then continuing on with your business. That's the, like, the way uh, that I would like to see it done if yes. it in fact it's ever done.
2: Robbie Alomar had a chance to do that and he refused to do it. So he still remains like the one guy that everybody knows is gay, but he refused to come out. Really? And he had that opportunity, it was in New York.
1: I was not um, aware of that. Robbie Alomar, the guy who spit on the umpire. Yeah. Is gay. Well that's
2: what I swear to you, coach, I've had I won't say the major league baseball players, I've had them tell me, I've had like I've had like fifty people tell me this guy and they swear it up and down. Mm-hmm. That, like, the the marriage between him and Mary Pierce was just all set up because Mary Pierce, let's just say, swings the other way too.
1: Interesting. Very, very uh, interesting. I was not
3: aware of that.
1: (laughs) I got all my notes on the Super Bowl here, breakdowns of the offensive line, the coaches, the Super Bowl, shuffle the ads, the, uh, who's singing the pregame, the matchups of the coaches and stuff. And somehow we're talking about gays and sports three days before the Super Bowl. I'm not sure how that happened, big dog, but I'm holding you fully Responsible. Yeah, I guess it's all my fault, Coach. Beautiful. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, dog, a special guest, which I believe you are uh, familiar with, joining us here on the show. Uh,
4: yes, I am, Coach.
2: Yes, I am. Beautiful. So, how's that a for writer a writer of the show? engaged?
1: a TV show. Yes. Appearing on our show. On our show, Coach. An Two actual writer? writer? That's unbelievable. Yep. I'm excited. We got a guest. We'll take a quick break. TalkZone.com. Two guys at a mic. Big dog and a coach at your service.
0: Time to get back to Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone and the big dog, Joe Radwanski, on TalkZone.com.
1: And we are indeed back on the TalkZone.com. During the break, big dog, I did see the commercial for the Hooters pregame Super Bowl show. Okay. Now, you said you were not going to watch any pregame. Um, you were going to turn the TV on until 5, 12, three minutes before kickoff. Any chance you will indeed be watching the Hooters pregame special?
2: No. Well, how, how much is that? Like twenty four ninety five or something
1: like that? No, no, no. Free of charge. Oh,
2: what channel is it going to be
1: on? You know what? I'm looking at the screen here. I'm not even possibly an ESPN two. Possibly. Uh, I doubt it, Coach. I, you know, they.
2: Uh, I, I've noticed that uh, Hooters has maybe they've changed their hiring practices. Have you Have you been into a Hooters lately?
1: I have not been into a Hooters lately, and I have not noticed. I'm afraid to ask, but. How might they have changed their hiring practices
2: well i, I guess they're like, maybe they've been listening to like their their people or their customers a little bit more because let's just say they're getting a little thicker,
1: they're okay, not, a
2: lot less size twos and a lot more size eighteen. I got you nothing
1: wrong with that coach I nothing got wrong you with that. a little more heft to the cleft, heck yeah
0: <laughs> out of sight, my man. <laughs>
1: All right, Big Dog, we have on the line with us. We don't get a lot of guests to join us here on the thetalkzone.com, but we are delighted to bring in a special guest. Dog, you know him better than me, so I'll let you uh, do the intros, my friend.
2: Uh, yes, Coach, and joining us today is Andrew Merrill, the writer for uh, a television pilot called Engage, which will be actually filmed here in the city of Chicago, Coach.
1: Starring De Niro, Anthony Hopkins, and Joel Radwanski. Is that the three main leads? Yes, those,
2: uh, well, we've got leads. Hopkins. But since we got Hopkins in there, he balked out.
1: <laughs> Andrew, welcome to the Talk Zone. How are you? Thank you for
4: having me, guys. How are you guys doing?
1: Beautiful. Very Thanks well. for being had. We appreciate your joining us. The show is going to be called Engaged? Yes. It's
4: about uh, four engaged couples. They're okay. all friends. Uh, there's a lot of lying, cheating, uh, secrets. And it's kind of just pretty much about all those relationships, how they all intertwine and how they all know each other. It Sounds a, a little bit...
1: Like the Super Bowl pregame show. Lying, a little bit, little cheating, people bit. Yeah. swearing at each other. Interesting. All right. Or kind of like the Hooters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, is this... Uh, we have you know, we have family audience here. We advertise ourselves as America's number one family sports show, as long as you don't actually have a family. Is this a uh, show, uh, to be honest with you, Andrew, a little bit more for mature audiences?
4: Uh, yeah, a little bit more, more mature. Uh, We've got like, a couple networks that are interested in picking it up. we got got uh, mm-hmm. the more... Adult one would be HBO and Showtime. Okay, but then uh, other networks that are interested are ABC, FX, Fox, and uh, Lifetime.
1: So, Interesting. And I the think, show uh, the show is called Engaged. And again, this is not a reality show. This is actually no. okay.
4: No, we got actors all around Chicago. Uh, every every different type of actors all over the all over the Chicagoland area.
2: Mm-hmm. Now, Andrew, you know, if you're going to have it go on, run on uh, Lifetime, Coach, I don't know if you've watched anything on Lifetime, but it, it's some crazy stuff. They're going to have to spice it up a little bit because the stuff they entertain these women with nowadays is it, it, truly provocative, Coach, is the best for me to put it. I
1: think the last show I saw on Lifetime was Farrah Fawcett in the Burning Bed, which was very good, by the way. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. That was actually the last time I saw it. And it the, sounds that, like a joke. It was Farrah Fawcett was very good in that particular show. <laughs>
4: But yeah, a little bit uh, more about the show, like, these, all these uh, characters have their own, like, little secret, and it's kind of odd, like, when you're in a relationship that you th- you seem to bypass that one window to tell that one person you're engaged to that one thing that you haven't told them. Once that secret goes on longer than, let's say, a, a day, it's just, you just don't ever end up telling them. So hmm. this is pretty much what it's all about. I mean, I was engaged, and that's kind of, like, how I developed this uh, screenplay that, uh... The woman I was with had a couple secrets that I did not know about. Okay. Therefore, once I found out about those, I started having my own little secret. Interesting. So uh, now we're we, – it did not work out, but I, I think it's best that it, it did develop into something okay.
1: special. Okay. So the, your, your potential marriage broke up, but it inspired a potential television show.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. Bad. And I'm bad. really, definitely really excited. We start filming on the uh, 28th. Uh-huh. We got some places in Chicago. We got some places in the south suburbs near uh, Homewood, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I pretty much grew up. And uh, yeah, everyone's been really uh, stoked about a certain place where we're going to be filming at. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. All
1: right. So you put, I'm kind of you know learning from Joel, but uh, just to paint a picture here of what a pilot might be. Number one, when you put all the work and thought into it and the finances into it, get all the actors. There's no, correct me if I'm wrong. Now, no guarantee. That a TV station is going to pick you up. It's kind of a, you actually film some shows, you get the actors together and you gamble and you hope that a show will pick you up. Is that kind of how it's done? You're, you're
4: kind of correct. Uh, one thing I could tell you a little bit more info about it is that I wrote the script and I sent it out to a couple, uh, networks that I've been affiliated with. And what I just, and they read the script and I was wondering, hey, what's gonna happen to you guys like what they see? I was hoping they get picked up like, just by the script, but then they just asked me to put it on film and see how it looks on film. So Now, are you just
2: doing one pilot, or is this going to be something where a lot of people are doing nowadays, where since it's so easy to actually film your own stuff, because it's, it's pretty inexpensive to buy the quality equipment now, are you going to try to do the whole first season? Because that way you have a lot more power and you have a lot more chance to get it picked up if you've actually done it. I that.
4: would actually say what we're going to mainly do is kind of Film like the first, what I wrote right now is just the first episode, the pilot. And if it gets picked up, then, um, then we probably just start right from there. But if it doesn't, that's when we would keep on going, and hopefully that the more uh, effort we put into the script, then it could actually get picked up by later episodes. Yeah, there there are
2: outlets nowadays, and, and it's a lot of like before, coach used to happen where somebody would just like make one pilot and that was it. And hopefully they got picked up. But now since it is so inexpensive to actually make really, really quality television, good production, Mm -hmm. you make 13 episodes and then you say, Hey, do you want to buy this? Yes or no. And then they're like, yeah, it's already here. And it's, so it's a lot cheaper for them, I and mean, you can actually make a lot more money out of it that way. And yeah. that's actually like another TV show that I'm involved in. That's exactly what we've done. We're, we've filmed uh, 15 shows already.
3: And
1: nowadays, and now there's, there's like you know 412 different TV stations that could pick you up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, who that knows, a Andrew? Lot. You might, uh, you know, during a slow time with the Big Ten Network, you might get engaged <laughs> to view.
4: Yeah. And also, what's uh, good about this, I think this is a demographic that really hasn't been touched yet. Um you watch a lot of TV or movies or anything along that area, that you see a character that is either single or married. There's really mm-hmm. no transfer from engagement to marriage. And I think everyone has, uh, around the age that the people are going to actually like the show, have probably been engaged or been in a serious relationship where they thought about being engaged. And I think that is what's actually good about this, that
1: it's something that hasn't even been touched, that it does stand out. Interesting. More importantly, what uh, part, uh, our listeners are probably anxious to find out, the big dog, our good co-host here on the show, what part will Joel be playing? What do you have in mind for the future acting star that is the big dog, Joel Redlansky?
4: What we got for him is he's playing a restaurant owner okay. where one of the characters, uh, his name is Tyler, is a blue-collar kind of a guy, mm-hmm. uh, but he has this uh, little indulgence that he uh, goes to this restaurant, but there's an apartment above the restaurant. So this character actually goes there just to get away from all of his problems, just to relax, blah, 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 you know, just kind of do his own thing, just all all on himself, and he rents it out to uh, Joel. Okay. But now the character is about to get engaged. The episode, the pilot, is pretty much about him proposing and getting engaged.
1: Interesting. Is there any scenes where Joel goes to the upstairs apartment and gets involved in the blah, blah, blah?
4: (laughs) <laughs> no no he does ah. not get any of the blah blah blah. Oh, come on. Uh, not maybe maybe episode 2. Big dog.
1: You got to work <laughs> there, on Andrew. You. here. We, you got <laughs> at least at least by the second or third episode there needs to be a love scene. Come on.
2: But I'm a little worn out actually
4: in general so. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh. it's uh it's going to be really interesting. Right, we're going to have about 10 weeks of shooting. I do want to tell you the uh director's name. His name is um Jim Boyer, he's a Chicago guy, and uh, he's really, really excited about uh, filming this as well. And he'll be on your show uh, next week.
1: Beautiful. Beautiful. Andrew, make sure we get the last name right. Is it Mara? Uh Mauro, M-A-R-O. Beautiful. South suburban guy from Chicago. What high school did you go to, Andrew? Uh, Marion Catholic. Marion Catholic. Catholic, outstanding. South side of Chicago. Andrew, we wish you the best of luck. Again, folks, the show is called Engaged. Not picked up yet. Hopefully it'll be out there. Andrew, when you become famous out there, you got the HBOs and the Showtimes battling over you. Please remember, please remember that you made your debut here on Two Guys and a Mic. Don't forget the little guys when you become rich and famous.
4: Ah, not a doubt. Hey, we're going to need extras, (laughs) right, Andrew? What's up? We're going
2: to need extras, right? Yeah, Absolutely. So we can, uh, if you keep on listening to the show, okay. we definitely when we need extras for engaged, Andrew, let us know. And then who knows, you can be in a, a cafe eating something and be in the backseat or something.
1: I've always wanted to be an extra, especially if I can go upstairs and do a little blah, blah, blah. The
4: blah, blah, blah is very important. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You're going to have a don't ask, don't tell policy on your show, by the way, or uh, will you reach out to the openly gay uh, crowd also?
4: <laughs> Reaching out. <laughs> Maybe.
1: (laughs) All right. Andrew, thank you, and uh, best of luck with the show, okay? You too. You take care of yourself. Beautiful. Andrew Morrow from the south side of Chicago coming up with a new television show, that which might feature, not star, but feature a little bit our good friend, the big dog. Dog, it sounds like a uh, great show. We wish you uh, the best of luck also in that acting uh, potential career.
2: Yeah, coach. I got a bunch of stuff going on. So this one would be cool if it gets picked up. I got like a, a cameo every once in a while, but it's what you make out of the character, then you know, not just what the character
3: is. So, mm-hmm.
1: well, so I'm looking, to... and we'll talk about when we come back from the break, the remake of the Super Bowl Shuffle. You know, there's there's two guys that were not able to be there for the remake. One because he's missing, one because he's passed away, and apparently there's going to be a commercial during the Super Bowl. Correct?
2: Is there really is it involving the the, the the Super Bowl Shuffle? I had no idea, coach.
1: Big Dog, we need to get you out of your house more often.
2: Well, I mean, I, I, I'm always working, Coach. Always. Yeah,
1: we'll, we'll talk about the Super Bowl shuffle when we come back. We'll talk Super Bowl uh, XILV, XL off the IV when we come back. 888-463-6748. Big Dog at a coach on the talkzone.com.
0: are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joe radwanski on talkzone.com
1: i want to thank andrew morrow again from the uh, potential hit show engage for joining us here on talkzone.com big dog and a coach with you up until 11 o'clock dog i do want to get to some of the uh other topics, you said you're suffering already from a little Super Bowl burnout, so we're going to get you off topic. But real quick, you shocked me. You shocked me by uh, apparently you're not aware that there's a remake of the Super Bowl shuffle. No, no, please
2: don't tell me it has anything to do with uh that commercial, like that Boost Mobile commercial.
1: You know, I'm not. Oh, well, there it is. That's what they're doing. They're not doing okay. a for this time. It's Are for a Boost me, Mobile oh. Super Bowl ad. But some of the 85 bears, I'm reading of uh, the... Full-page picture in the back of the Chicago Sun-Times. I didn't even know it was for. Apparently, it is for Boost Mobile. What the hell is Boost Mobile?
2: Uh, uh, I guess it's some phone company. I guess some communications company. I have seen the ads mm-hmm. for them. Just like they're pretty stupid. It's just like uh, they're not actually rapid but you can hear like the uh, the music in the background, mm-hmm. and it's Singletary and it's McMahon and it's dicka uh, mm-hmm. doing different stuff. So. Uh, we'll see. Hopefully, it's funny. Hopefully, it's funny. I was—I
1: thought this uh, ad was not going to debut until the Super Bowl. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure that like the big, like the ones
2: that they're showing now aren't funny whatsoever. Okay. And and that's why I wasn't sure what you meant because it's not like they're singing or anything. They're just like standing there
3: right, and
1: but they're
2: I, playing the music in the background, coach. That's all they're doing.
1: Uh, but I think the actual Super Bowl ad is going to debut the first time, and you would hope that it's a little bit more entertaining than your. Picturing the uh, the uh little tidbits that you have seen, apparently.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry I'm not entertaining you enough. I'm not the
1: one that made the material. No, no, no. I'm saying that you <laughs> did not find those little tidbits no, of no, the Super Bowl all. shuffle entertaining. All right, well, we no, will see. Either. But 25 years later, by the way, they're all wearing the number 50 in the yeah, picture.
4: this is true. Yeah. They're, they're all, all wearing 50. the number 50. And the
1: two guys that are missing, of course, sadly, sadly, the great Walter Payton who passed away. Yeah. Right? And then the other guy who's been missing literally.
2: Literally, nobody knows where the guy's at. It's not like they know where he's at and they just want to show up. Nobody knows where he's at. Right. It's L.A. Mike Richardson.
1: Very good defensive back for the 85 Chicago Bears. They had a reunion. What was it, like, uh, Joel, maybe a 10-year reunion? And yeah, everybody came back, back and nobody?
2: He, you're right. He's been missing for like 15 years, Coach. It's, not like, it's like a
3: month or so.
1: Right. And they, so, just, yeah. they can't find him. Uh-huh. Absolutely so, can't. So he he might not be with us either. Who knows? But uh the remake is right there. Maury Buford, I forgot he was into it. Steve Fuller, Otis Wilson, Mike Singletary, Willie Galt,
2: so Jim- Stephon Humphreys and uh, playing uh guitar and is Calvin Thomas on the sax and the background coach?
1: Uh you know what, not on the picture I'm looking at, but who knows. Okay, those guys need to eat. <laughs>
2: I mean,
4: not like not like
1: mafia need to
2: eat. Yeah. I mean, those yeah. guys really need to eat. They're probably starving right yeah. now.
1: And by the way, it's not just the modern players that did steroids. If you look at some of the Chicago Bear offensive linemen back then and look at them now, maybe it wasn't steroids, but they were doing something.
2: Well, coach, brother, I, I don't, I don't know what to say about that because you know some guys just know how to work out. Because you look at Tom Thayer; he's 220 pounds now. Mm-hmm. He's in elite shape, like in terms of like canoeing and bicycling and all that, I, him him having an extra 50 pounds of muscle on me, because on him it being mm. 270 when he played,
1: isn't all that crazy. I don't know. You know? I don't know. The neck was bigger. The biceps were bigger. And, again, I'm not even saying it was steroids, but uh,
2: well, Coach, my, my instinct would were say. were in football in the 70s, so they were still prevalent in the 80s, I'm sure.
1: There was a picture of a Wally uh, – I'm sorry, Jay Hilgenberg. Jay Hoganberg on the golf course. And I'm like, that's Jay Hoganberg? You know, a significantly slimmed down version. Maybe age does that to you, who knows? I'm not saying. I'm just saying.
2: And and the simple fact that people are just a football players are a lot smaller. So you know, he's no longer playing football. So you know he probably lost some weight, and then all of a sudden you remember that he was a two hundred and sixty pound lineman when he was playing football. He wasn't mm-hmm. a three hundred and twenty pound turd like most NFL linemen are nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Way to you know, be gentle it, about it, Joe. It
2: throws it off. You, you picture, you think off of offensive lineman, and anybody now thinks of the ones that they have now, and those guys are blimps.
1: Mm-hmm. Those are some big men. So. <laughs> right, well, quickly also, I uh, wanted to ask you about the coaching matchup. Uh, Jim Colwell, very few people talking about him. You hardly even see him. He's the most... The, when I say least media friendly, he's a nice enough guy. He speaks well. He just has no desire to be in the media limelight. He's got no natural charisma. But Jim Caldwell is a rookie coach in the Super Bowl, Joel, and nobody's even talking about the guy.
2: Well, what do you know about him? See, that's that's really the thing. Is like, what does he really add to the Colts? We don't know yet. I'm not degrading the guy whatsoever, but like, there's like, you know, like what Sean Payton of the Saints brings to the table. This guy's going to give you like ridiculous formations. Unbelievable plays. They're going to attack all over the field, and they'll they'll be able to make adjustments. But I don't, what does Jim Caldwell bring? Does he bring the fact that he keeps everybody calm and poised, and he lets Peyton Manning call the shots? I mean, really, what what does he bring to the table? It's kind of hard to to mm-hmm. say, Coach. That's why I mean, in some weird way, it, it's almost like. uh there's like a hands-on guy in Sean Payton, like the like the mad scientist, and mm-hmm. then there's the other guy, like, let the, I know I have the horses, here's the ball, throw it in the middle of the court and let him go. I, to me, that's what it seems like.
1: That's why it was a tough job when he took over because there was only one way to go. And that's pretty much downhill. I mean, it, and it's proving correct here because they had a great season, right? 13-0, 14-0 before they decided to lose a couple of games and not even try. They win their two playoff games, they go to the Super Bowl, He's done everything you could expect, and everybody's got pretty much. And I think you correctly stated the situation. Well, it's pretty much Peyton Manning. The systems have been in place, so he took over as a coach. There really was only one way he could go, and that's down. There was not a lot of upward mobility, at least in his first year.
2: Oh no, no, no! Absolutely, and it's really not his fault. But that's just the way it is right now. So Mm -hmm. uh, he took the job, you know, and it wouldn't be a a bad job to take. He walked in with everything right. You know, you get a 12th-year Peyton Manning on your roster, mm-hmm. that defense. In some way, maybe your whole philosophy as a coach should be: let's not screw this thing up. You know, mm-hmm. that there, you know, there's sometimes you don't need to make a lot of changes when you're an NFL head coach.
1: When you say walked in, he didn't really walk in because he was a longtime assistant, assistant coach, coach for Tony yeah. Dungy, so he was part of the program.
2: Yes. Now yeah. we're going to really find out how good of a coach Jim Caldwell is next year. When Tom Moore, Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator, and a few other, uh, who I what is the guy Daryl Mudd or whatever the guy's name is, uh-huh. that's the offensive line coach for the the Colts, they're retiring after this game. Really? I so, yeah, was Jim not aware of that. we'll find out next year. You know what I mean? So uh,
1: Tom Moore is uh this is his final final go.
2: That's 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 wow. uh, the rumor uh, that the rumor being bantied about. Wow! Uh, all the pregame talk is uh, Tom Moore and the Mud Guy, the offensive line coach, uh, are done. When I this game's over with. thoroughly Tom enjoy Moore is like it when
1: seventy coach. It's one of my favorite things when rumors are bantied about. It's part of my mm-hmm. favorite thing of Super Bowl week. Tom Moore is so old. I, I had thought at times that he had actually passed away a couple of years ago, and that there was like an assistant ball boy who was propping him up just to keep Peyton Manning's confidence level up. It's possible, you know.
2: Yeah, because Peyton Manning lacks confidence, Coach.
1: Well, you know, maybe confidence is the wrong word. The stability of having the veteran Tom Moore there. I don't know that I've ever seen Tom Moore actually call a play. He might, like I said. But he does
2: implement the game plan, Coach. No matter what you say, no matter what all of us say about the fact that Peyton Manning goes to the line has a check-with-me system, he looks at the defense and calls a play. Mm -hmm. Tom Moore is the one that throughout the whole entire week is like, if they're in this formation, you call this. If they're in this formation, you call You know what I mean? So. In some weird way, I do realize Tom Moore prepares Peyton Manning to be able to do that. Okay. So he he should not be overlooked.
3: All right, all, right. You all know,
2: right. And and you know a lot of players, a lot of coaches overcoach. So the ones that are willing to trust their players to actually get it done that way. Mm-hmm. They've now turned into one of the most unstoppable offenses in the history of the NFL. Right. They're so efficient, it's ridiculous. Right. Coach,
1: you sold me. You have sold me. On the other end, you're a big Sean Payton fan. Did you see, by the way, we didn't talk about this yesterday. I think it was uh, two days ago, maybe three days ago, when the New Orleans team uh, landed in uh, the plane and then checked in at their hotel. Apparently, Sean Payton borrowed from Bill Walsh. He did this back with his 49ers teams to loosen things up a little bit. He and some of the veterans, some of the team captains, dressed up as busboys for the guys when they checked into the hotel. Did you catch that? Uh
2: <laughs> No, I did not see that, Coach. But... Yeah. Yeah. he's
1: <laughs> The head coach dressed out in full busboy regalia.
2: Well, uh, it worked really well for uh, uh, Bill Walsh because mm-hmm. he never lost the Super Bowl. He was 3-0 and in the he coach, so mm-hmm. maybe it'll work out for uh, Sean Hayden.
1: Yeah, well, what it does is it sets a tempo. It's a little thing, but it sets a... Kinda of sets the, the byline of what your mental state's gonna be during the week. And it basically takes that little tension balloon and deflates everybody and gets you back into the uh you know, let's have fun, well, let's go out there and play to win, but let's have fun. It seems like a good psychological motive motivation.
2: Well, you know what, that's that's the one thing that both of these coaches are saying you don't don't want to overcoach. You know what, you can have people a little over prepared and tight and loose. No matter what, anything The thing that should never be forgotten is that there's 60 minutes and it's a football game. Still got to get a first down. All that stuff's still the same. So, no matter how big the game is and all that other stuff, you just still have to play football
1: coach. Mm -hmm. Spoken like a true coach, Big Doug. Spoken like a true coach. All right. Can we get off the Super Bowl real quick? Oh, I'd be more than happy to. All right. How about college basketball? Very quickly, we'll touch on some of the other topics. Uh, in the world of sports, your final segment of the show, you want to check in, 888-463-6748. Any topics you want to discuss, two guys and a mic, we are here at your service, the dog and the coach. Uh, our fighting Illini, Illinois basketball team with a big win yesterday, Joel. And um, I don't know if you caught the story or not, but Illinois fans on the road came up with a nice little um, almost a Sean Payton-esque gimmick to lighten the mood a little bit.
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. And I also, you know, I can't stay in Iowa, but I also realized something when I was watching that, is that they gave Illinois that particular section. So I guess they've been struggling with attendance this year. Illinois got on a bus. They got 160 kids in worn shirts. And they and and Iowa gave them a whole section of themselves, which was pretty cool, and it was right behind uh, uh, the basket that Iowa was shooting at in the second half. And mm-hmm. A good win for Illinois. They basically, uh, they led by like five to seven points most of the game. And uh, an excellent game. And whenever they get the ball down to Tisdale on the low block, they're pretty much unbeatable. And they can't do that,
1: they lose. 57-49, the final score. Big Dog, you're missing a little bit of the story, though, because apparently I didn't see it on TV. But, uh, you know, I'm reading all about it, hearing about it. Apparently a couple of bus loads, 160 Illinois fans, as you described, sitting behind the basket, but what they did is they wore Iowa T-shirts to get in the stadium. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, this is the whole part of the gig. So they're sitting there with their black, with gold imprint Iowa T-shirts, and about a minute before tip-off, on cue from one of their leaders, all 160 guys take off the black T-shirts, they got the orange crush on, and they start screaming and hollering, and basically psyched out the whole Iowa audience there. How cool of a motivational tactic is that?
2: You know what? They have done? They did that before in Michigan. Do you remember they did that in I Michigan don't. in the 06 season? Illinois fans die hard. That's awfully cool, Coach. I did not know that because yesterday when I was watching in the, the Hawks game was on, so I had taped the Illinois game, and I was uh-huh. watching, and you know what I mean? So all I did was watch the game. I didn't watch any pregame whatsoever, you know what I mean? I just watched basketball. I did not know that was mm-hmm. the whole story.
1: I'm going to predict that's going to become a trend. I mean, that's too cool not for people to copy it.
2: Now, I okay. do remember when they did it in Michigan, so I'm assuming they did the same thing, like for a resident of Iowa, mm-hmm. but they had, like, a guy that lived in Michigan, uh, like, pose as a fan and get a whole section, and they got him, and they sent him the tickets, and that's, <laughs> so that's like, this one
3: that guy, guy yeah.
2: like a big group together for the Illinois game. And he lived in Michigan. They sent him the tickets, and next thing you know, there was all mm-hmm. this orange right in the middle of wow. Chrysler Arena four years ago, and I guess that's exactly what they did yesterday,
3: too. That's awesome.
1: That is awesome. I'm going to predict to you right now. You know, there's nothing wrong with copying good ideas, folks. Never be ashamed of copying a good idea. As a coach, I do it all the time. I predict other schools this is going to become a new trend. The surprise, well, last second, now. all of a sudden the road team's going to show their jerseys.
2: Uh, you know, a lot of uh, Chicago and Illinois teams have made some pretty cool traditions. Illinois came up with homecoming.
1: Okay.
3: Uh, I was not Illinois aware of that. doing
2: that one. Uh, D. Brown was always the guy who used to puff out the Illinois yep. on his jersey. Yep. And he's like, it's always about the name on the front instead of on the back. And now everybody does that nowadays. Have
1: you noticed that, Coach? It's good call. D. Brown was the first to do it. You are correct.
2: Um, the Cub fans are the first ones to throw the ball back on the field. Yep. Uh, I do believe uh, the Cub fans were also the first fans to ever boo and yell, you suck, too, by the way. <laughs> but that was a long time ago, Coach.
1: Something we can all be proud of here in the city of Chicago.
2: Yes, yes. Well, yeah. that, that might have been a Philadelphia Philly fan, yeah. actually. Yeah. So we
1: don't have much championship tees, but we do set some sports trends. At least we can be proud of that. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. All we right.
2: also came up Ooh. with uh, the Blackhawk fans' scream during the national anthem, so you can't hear the, the national anthem.
1: Now, have other fan bases... Um Jumped on that tradition? No, all, all 29
2: other fan bases in the NHL say that's rude and disrespectful because they didn't come up with it.
1: Okay. <laughs> all right. Big dog, what else you got on your uh, docket? I got some other notes here, but I want to make sure you uh, get to some of your points. Any other little uh, news and notes, titillating tidbits to share with our two guys in a mic audience?
2: Yeah, yeah. There's plenty going on uh, around coach. It's like one of those things that at this particular time of year, there's so many things to touch on. I'm not even sure where to go. The Blackhawks, uh, who all year long have been playing absolutely phenomenal, In the last couple games, coach, they look lackluster. I mean, like emotionless. I'm mm-hmm. not saying they're playing poorly; they are playing poorly. But it's it's. I just cannot wait for the Olympics to get here and get these guys uh, away from each other for a little bit. I think that's going to be really good for the Blackhawks.
1: Yeah, they're so, going to get so get a break from each other, but there's still a fair amount of them will be playing Olympic hockey.
2: Yeah, which is good. A lot of some people are worried about it. I think it's good. You get these guys playing at an extremely high level. I, I like it, coach. I, I do think it's a good thing for the Hawks to have so many players in the Olympics.
1: Mm-hmm. What about uh, pitchers and catchers reporting in 14 days? Your excitement level, dog. I've been talking about my excitement level about 8.5 on the 10 point scale. I'm starting to get into baseball, dog. 14 days till the catchers start squatting and the pitchers start throwing. Your excitement level, where is it on that scale of 1 to 10?
2: You know what, uh, coach? Uh, uh, the one thing I, I don't know what to think about the Chicago Cubs this year is all I know is I really don't think they're going to win the division, so I won't have a heartbreak here. But the one thing they do have is they have uh, two number two pitchers and they've got nine number five pitchers. So they will have at least five major league pitching arms on their roster. The problem is that most of them are going to be number five starters. I, I've never seen the Cubs with so much starting, like people that can start in the major leagues, but most of them aren't that good that they have right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: They, they have uh, Gorzolani, Marshall, uh, all these guys. They picked up two other guys. One guy from the Cardinals and another guy the, like from the Indians that is battling for a, a starting spot. And I haven't heard of any of these guys, Coach. Well, I've heard of like the <laughs> Corsellini and the in the Marshall part, but uh,
1: it's nice to talk on a February third, February fourth, whatever the heck it is to an already frustrated Chicago Cub fan. And we haven't even hit the end of the first week of February, and you sound like you're firstanced already, Big Dog. Yeah, yeah,
2: I am a little bit for stanched, so.
1: don't, don't forget, it might be 14 days till pitchers and catchers report. 96 days, 96 days, 96 days to the 124th running of your Kentucky Derby. Hope I you've got that 96 in your calendar. Days? Huh? In May. What?
2: Okay. It seems closer. Well, 96? Okay, I'll have to go with
1: that. <laughs> Not bad. Not Don't bad. test my math, please. You get the point. Alright. Uh, how about national signing day? Big dog, we gotta to touch on that too. We, uh, kinda of both agreed yesterday. Much ado about nothing. I almost get the feeling with, except for the hardcore fans that The the, the whole high school signing for football teams in particular, maybe less so in basketball, it's sort of like the political advertisements and the political brochures that have come in the mail. People are so burned out on it, they don't pay nearly the attention we used to. Could you liken the political ads to the same thing? A little more disinterest now in the National Signing Day for high school football,
2: college football? Yeah, I see where you're coming with. And I think people now are realizing that these rankings mean so little, so little. Mm -hmm. I mean... I guess, you know, it's fun for these people to say, hey, of the top 150 players in in the in high school football, 17 are going to Florida, and it's the record. I mean, how do we really know that those 17 belong in the top 150? I mean, they probably do, but you just don't know. There, there's so much, you know, people get hired and fired over these particular situations. You know, and the most important thing is get the players you have and coach them up as, as well as you possibly can. Because I know that Illinois had, in the last four years, the previous three, not last year, but the previous three, all of their classes were top 20 in the nation, and they had won a top five class. That team has gone to one bowl in that in that whole <laughs> era, Coach, since this has happened.
1: Yeah, but more importantly, our classes have been rated in the top ten overall. Oh, heck yeah. So what, is, so what does that yep. say?
2: Well, well, you know. Uh, who knows? I, I do know this. Of the top 25 classes, uh, and like I said, this doesn't mean anything, but it, it does a little bit. Eight? of the eight schools in the SEC are in the top 25, Coach.
1: Florida number
2: one. uh, Eight of the 12 are in the top 25, basically saying, and and whether or not these kids are the top players in the country, Mm -hmm. they are told this and they believe it, okay? So they know they can go anywhere, and they're choosing to go to SEC schools year in and year out. Every year it
3: happens this Mm -hmm. way. So. I, got,
1: I got very excited when I read my Northwestern Wildcats picked up a wide receiver, 4.240. The guy can fly. No, and no, that, you
2: thought that, that was just grade point average, right? No,
1: no, no, no. No, good grade point average. No, legit 4-2. And then I also read the fact he's 5'7 and a half.
2: You know what, though, Coach? Those guys can return kicks for you. Okay. They can run screen passes. You know, those guys can okay. be if used properly, can be unbelievable weapons. And if you don't believe me, look at that Dexter McCluskey. McCluskey guy from Mississippi.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Northwestern's Pat Fitzgerald joining us here on the uh, TalkZone.com. Zone dot com.
2: Holiday uh, of LSU. That guy's five foot four, coach. And trust me, it, it, there's uh, in the last three or four years, there's few people in college ball that you rather have the ball in open field mm-hmm. with than that little
3: dude. So.
1: I think those are those often make the best running backs. The little guys with the power legs. I mean, I've never uh, been a six foot four, two 270-pound defensive lineman, Joel. You've been closer to that mm-hmm. in your uh, playing, Dave. But I would imagine that if I was a big defensive lineman, I'd rather tackle a big running back than try to catch one of those little guys with the thick legs.
2: Oh, Coach, the greatest running back in the history of the world that nobody knows about is a guy by the name of Lehman Corner. And he went to Proviso East and... Transferred to Oak Park his senior year. This is no joke. When he was a senior at Oak Park High School, he was 19 years old. He was five foot two, 220 pounds. <laughs> five foot two. You can look look this guy up. His name is Lehman Corner. He's the all-time yardage leader in the history of college football. And he went to a Division II school, uh, NAIA school. Okay. And he averaged like 2,800 yards a year. He never got a shot in the NFL. The to this day, coach. I'm telling you, I'm you know I tried to get all puffy chests and stuff, but I really think I was a really good football player, and I never thought I got a chest. Blah blah blah. That guy to this day, I do not want to tackle him. It was unbelievable. I couldn't get lower, and next I mean it was unbelievable <laughs> trying to tackle this guy, and he was yeah. the epitome first, of it. I agree with you. Small, thick running backs are the
1: worst. First you running gotta find, first you gotta find team. him, and then you gotta tackle him. All right, dog. We gotta wrap up today's show. Hey, tomorrow football Friday. Now get your Super Bowl info. I know you're a little burned down on it. I know the pregame you're not into, but we got to get into a little bit of meat and potatoes and stir up that stew just a little bit, Saints and Colts, tomorrow on a football Friday. If you say so, Coach. <laughs> or we can talk about the Hooters pregame special, Joe.
2: That just, as long as you give me the time and the channel, that's all I really need to know about. All right,
1: Go back to your room and do your blah, blah, blah. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, Dog. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Thank you so much for joining us. Stick around for the Youth Sports Fan Forum coming up next on the thetalkzone.com. David Olson, our producer, great job. Have a great day, everybody.